This is Indian Art History by Mash Podcast. Welcome. This is Indian Art History by Mash Podcast and I am your host Ayushi. What started as a conquest in the Deccan Plateau by Alauddin Khilji in the 13th century was finally completely annexed by Muhammad bin Tughlaq in the 14th century. In no time the foreign governors and ministers started revolting and eventually set up their own independent Bahmani kingdom. After a short spell, once again, north and south of India were not just separated by the Narmada River, but also by its rulers, kingdoms and dynasties that ruled and administered these lands. However, just like the flowing water of Narmada, culture took shape of fluid. It flowed in waves, and perhaps through the veins of several immigrants who traveled from Central Asia and Persia to India. The Persian Renaissance was at its peak at that time and several literary and artistic professionals were being commissioned by so many rulers spread across India. There was a great faction of people moving all across India, you know, from the provinces of the Delhi Sultanate to the Deccan, and these people also included Sufis and Hindu saints. The subsequent interactions with the peoples of Deccan and their languages resulted in a cultural give and take. Even though the Bahmani kingdom ruled for a short duration, it did flourish next to the successful Vijayanagara Empire. A few battles and revolts later, the Bahmani split into five major independent provinces. Now Berar and Bidar got dissolved into one. Then we are left with Ahmednagar, Golconda and Bijapur. And in a sweeping effect, the whole of Deccan was swept by the artistic traditions of varied materials and cultures. The painting traditions were arguably the most advanced with a specific visual language of narrative excellence meaning that they gave special importance to narratives and stories the painting schools of ahmednagar golconda and bijapur held a special place for many of the paintings have survived after all this time they do look very similar to the north indian miniatures to an unaccustomed eye Now to an unaccustomed eye they might look very similar to the north indian miniatures but a closer look will take you to a fantastic and imaginary world full of mystery these paintings had characteristic dark and glowing colors with a generous helping of opulence you know that is gold the scale of the figures and objects in the paintings were often of mismatched proportions to a point that it looks bizarre and strange It was often understood as a symbol of opulence and power you know because you know the bigger sizes and bigger proportions were always attributed to the figure who held a more divine or who held a higher status in the society mostly reserved for the kings the saints and the funders and sometimes the mythical creatures while sometimes out of proportion big and small figures were also understood as a signifier of distance for those inhabiting the foreground and the background within the realm of the painting however the inconsistent scale in the painting often led to a more imaginative or you can say rendered a more poetic character to the painting 
I say poetic because metaphors and symbols often exaggerated the romances and adventures at display in the paintings. The visual description of events certainly got enhanced with the deep sky, detailed trees and flowers, and architecture of Deccan, and the figures posing in delicate postures. It is a whole mood. The Deccan paintings often spoke in a mythical language, as a schism from reality. The artists mixed the Hindu canons of iconography with the Persian and European styles and influences. Between 1553 and 1565, Ahmednagar was being governed and ruled by Hussain Nizam Shah. When he passed away, his queen Khunza Humayu was appointed as the regent to their son, Murtaza. She was eventually imprisoned by him, but while she acted as the regent, she commissioned one of the earliest illustrated poetic accounts of her husband, Hussain Nizam Shah, and called it Tarif-e Hussain Shahi. It was essentially a long Persian poem, divided into 11 cantos. Cantos are the sections into which certain long poems are divided. The miniature paintings in Tarif-e Hussain Shahi made extravagant use of blue, often used to denote the ground, with a golden sky. Now, these are not realistic depictions. The golden sky with deep blue ground is so poetic and imaginative and takes you to a world which is perhaps not here. These paintings were usually decorated with plants. So many plants, different species of plants can be identified, giving us a detailed view into Deccan horticulture. At that time, of course, they were accompanied by figures of Nizam Shah, Khunza herself, courtiers, and their immaculate staff, their sevikas. The paintings largely followed an Indic idiom, which means the figures were drawn with slight agility, profiled in frontal two-dimensional view. Each attire worn by them was drawn with a perception of uniqueness with a defined and clever usage of colours. A similar canon was followed by a number of Ragmala paintings commissioned at that time. Around the 16th century, the Mughal influence transfused with more buoyancy and liveliness in each figure. And hence, we arrive at Bijapur. Bijapur at that time was being governed by Ibrahim Adil Shah II. He was a member of Adil Shahi dynasty and it is said that under his governance and rule, the dynasty not just reached its administrative excellence and extended its reach to the neighboring states, but also acquired artistic and cultural interests. In his kingdom, a cosmopolitan culture was growing, which gave rise to architecture and artistic patronage. By this time, the artists had acquired a better understanding of space and depth. For the paintings of this time, were more rooted and realistic in their portrayal of characters, architecture, flora and fauna. Most of Adil Shah's portraits were ascribed to this painter called Hashim. Hashim started painting for a number of Deccani rulers. His portraits were often grounded and exquisitely detailed with opulent textiles and jewellery. He skillfully reproduced the authority of his ruling subjects in his paintings, no doubt. Yet, 
At the same time, he was able to capture grace and poise while painting these male rulers, you know, which subconsciously showed a feminine character to their personalities. And that is something so characteristic of Indian portraiture in general. And for the same reason, you know, uh, Hashim went on to work in Shah Jahan's court and many paintings have survived from the Mughal courts that were attributed to Hashim. Along this time, Ibrahim Adil Shah also composed the Kitab A Norris, alluding to the nine essences of life, popularly known as Navras. It contains 59 devotional songs and 17 couplets. These were mostly composed in Dakhini Urdu with a highly charged visual imagery and metaphors. Many scholars have also spoken about the presence of Saraswati in the book and in some of the paintings within the book. Ibrahim Adil Shah himself was peculiarly interested in the Hindu traditions as well. For Saraswati can be seen in different kind of depictions, for example, you know, in a white robe uh, and in depictions which are not quintessentially uh, depictions of Saraswati that we know in Hindu popular culture. Along the same time, the manuscript of Pame name came along. It was a romance saga of Maji, the woman, and Shaji, the man, uh, with several illustrations and verses narrating their dramatic love for each other. In several illustrations, either of them can be seen longing for the other in ways that must have inspired so many Bollywood romances. For example, Shaji can be seen crying silver tears as he misses his beloved. Uh, an illustration of Maji appears on his chest as a symbol of his love for her. For, you know, Maji lives in his heart forever. And such is Deccan art. It's full of fantastical, magical and mysterious elements. The Deccan art essentially is a celebration of a lot of things, of so many textile traditions, architecture and calligraphic styles. Perhaps the painting tradition of Deccan encapsulates all of them. Thank you so much for listening.